One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 103. I've been selling products since I launched Good Sheila, my paper goods business, in 2017. But it wasn't until last year that I feel like I finally figured out how to really launch in a way that creates buzz, conversation, and most importantly, results. So today I'm going to be sharing six things I've learned about launching that I think you can use the next time that you have something to release into the world. But before we get into the episode, I just wanted to plant a bug in your ear that in March, the doors to making good happen will be reopening. If you're looking to make a smart marketing plan and then have the accountability to actually follow through on the plan, not to mention an amazing community, we would love to have you in making good happen. Be the first to hear more about it by joining the waitlist at makinggoodpodcast.com slash waitlist. Okay, so let's talk launching, shall we? First of all, what do I mean when I use the word launch? Well, a launch is simply the coordinated effort of releasing something into the world. You can launch a business, you can launch a product, you can launch a service. Your launch plan is your best shot at making a splash when you have something new to share. I used to think that launching a product simply meant that it was now available for sale. Build it and they will come, right? Well, no, it turns out that's not how it works at all. What it took me a little bit too long to learn is that a product launch that actually generates big results has a lot of planning, effort, and marketing involved long before the product is available to buy. I took a way different approach to launching for the last two things that I released into the world. My 2021 holiday collection for Good Sheila and my new membership program, Making Good Happen. And the results for both really spoke for themselves. So today I'll be sharing the six things I learned about about launching as a result of doing things very differently my last couple times around. So let's get into the first thing I learned, which is that the most important part of your launch by far is the pre-launch. When you break it down, launching has three phases. There's the pre-launch. This is the period of time leading up to the launch. There's the actual launch. This is where all the effort comes together and the product is now available to buy. And there's the post-launch, which is the period after the launch where you evaluate and make any tweaks that you need to. In the past, my approach to launching was really to work hard behind the scenes on whatever I had to launch and not really share that much information about it until it was finally ready and I'd press publish and say, look what I made. I hadn't spent any time really warming up my audience, getting them interested in what I was doing. So the results weren't what they could have been if I had invested more time beforehand in the pre-launch. I really believe that my last two launches have exceeded my expectations because I did the vast majority of the marketing before there was even a way to purchase. I spent time giving sneak peeks, involving my audience and decisions about the product and building buzz 
so that when there was finally something to buy, I had adequately warmed up and interested my ideal customers in what I had to offer. There are no set rules about how long a pre-launch should be, but I would recommend at least a few weeks. For my December Gushila product launch, my pre-launch was a few weeks long. And then for the launch of Making Good Happen, the pre-launch phase was a couple of months long. This means for a couple of months before there was even a checkout page, I was talking about Making Good Happen. If you listen to this podcast, you probably heard me. Okay, so let's move on to the second thing I've learned about launching. And that is to show everything behind the scenes, no matter how boring it seems to you. Like I mentioned, in the past, my approach to launching was to work really hard behind the scenes and then keep it pretty hush-hush about the product that I was building until everything was all ready to go. Then I would launch with an email or two and some social media posts. But this time around, I decided to approach my launch very differently, as I mentioned, and I pulled back the curtain of mystery and shared absolutely everything. For example, for the Good Sheila launch, which included gift wrap, gift tags, and ornaments, By the time I actually launched the product and they were available to buy, I had already shared images and sneak peeks of every single item in the collection. For example, with the wrapping paper, that meant that I had let people in on the painting process, the scanning, the digitizing, the pattern making, and everything. With the Making Good Happen launch, I shared screenshots of the member portal and content as I was building it. I let people in on the whole process. I was really hesitant to do this because I felt like I was spoiling the surprise of the launch. But as it turns out, now that I'm looking back, I wish I had done even more. Next time, I'll challenge myself to go even further and share more and more of the behind the scenes details. And the results are in. The mystery reveal that I normally do is simply not as effective as building hype by actually getting people excited about what's coming. And that means details, photos, behind the scenes, lots of details. The third thing I've learned about launching is to include your audience in your product decisions. One of the best ways to make people feel invested in something you're making is to get them involved in the creation process. For both my December product launch and the Making Good Happen launch, I decided that I was going to give my audience some real power over how I designed everything and what designs and features to move forward with. Let's talk about the Good Sheila product launch as an example. When I was painting my ornaments, I put the different designs out there on Instagram stories and my email list, and I had people vote on what they liked best. When I designed way too many wrapping papers, I had my audience narrow down to four or five and vote on their favorites. And I have to say, I turned out to be very surprised with what people liked the most. So this turned out to be super helpful. You can choose to involve your audience in your product decisions like I did, or you can have them help you with smaller things like packaging design or the colors on your sales page. Even the tiniest decisions are things that you can involve your audience in. Including your audience in your product decisions does a few things for you. It makes sure that you're creating products that your audience actually wants. It's a super effective way of generating engagement with your customers. You'll be surprised by how many people participate. It puts it in the back of people's minds that you have a launch coming up, even if you're not explicitly talking about the launch. And it gives you information on what your audience members are interested in. You can even go the extra step and record which people voted on which things so you can follow up with them later and let them know that their vote won. The fourth thing I've learned about launching is that VIP waitlists work. For years, I've been seeing people launch with VIP waitlists and not really getting it. A VIP waitlist is when you give first access to shop to people who sign up to be on your list. This especially works well when you have a handmade product that has a limited quantity, but you can do it other ways also. 
Here's how I use VIP waitlist for each of the two things I launched in the last few months. For my Good Sheila holiday collection launch, I created a VIP waitlist for folks who were interested in shopping the new collection. The incentive to sign up for the waitlist was that folks on the waitlist got to shop 24 hours before everyone else, and they also had access to an exclusive discount that I didn't share with anyone else. After that first 24 hours were up, I opened shopping up to the general public, but I didn't share the VIP discount with anyone except that VIP waitlist. For the launch of my marketing accountability membership program, Making Good Happen, I created a special waitlist for people who wanted to be notified when the doors opened for the first time ever. I had a price that was offered at first for people who signed up in the first couple of weeks. And I'm so surprised by how many people signed up for this list with simply that incentive of having access to the best price ever available. From now on, I will always do VIP waitlists anytime I have something significant to launch because I saw such a high percentage of my sales from both launches come from that smaller subset of people who had signed up to be on the VIP waitlist. The fifth thing I've learned about launching is that sometimes the best marketing means getting scrappy. I love systems and things that happen automatically. I love set it and forget it marketing. I love scheduling emails and letting them go out. I love things that are hand-free. This means that I sometimes struggle with the more hands-on manual marketing tasks like Instagram stories, which are generally done in the moment and by hand. I tend to resist scrappy and Instagram stories are scrappy. But friends, scrappy works. I spent so much time in both of these launches doing individual outreach, sending DMs back and forth, and creating Instagram story graphics from my phone instead of designed somewhere fancier like Photoshop or Canva. And I really believe that a lot of my sales came in because of this personal hands-on scrappy approach, because I was present and made myself available in a way that I'm not always inclined to. The sixth and final thing I learned about launching is that we need to err on the side of too much marketing. I think I've always known this intuitively, but I'm really walking the walk this time. Nobody sees everything that you put out into the world, and it's no one's top priority except yours, which means we need to feel like we're going overboard in our marketing. During my launch and pre-launch, I felt like I was talking about my program constantly. I did make sure to sprinkle in some other non-launchy content in there, but for the most part, I was going full out. Even as a seasoned marketer, this was challenging for me. But it turns out that's what I needed to do. During your launch, send more emails than you expect to send. Put more on social media platforms. Reach out personally to people who express interest. Put yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone. The worst thing someone can do is say no or unsubscribe. But I know that people who buy my products will love them, and I stand behind them 110%. I keep in mind that the more sales I generate, the bigger impact I can have, and this helps me be more willing to put myself out there and do more marketing than I might be inclined to naturally. So there you have it. Six things I've learned about launching in my four years in business so far that have led to my most successful launches. To review, the six things are, number one, the most important part of your launch is the pre-launch. Number two, show everything behind the scenes. Number three, include your audience in your decisions. Number four, VIP waitlist work. Number five, get scrappy. And number six, err on the side of too much marketing. You can find the details from this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 103. 
Before I wrap up, I also want to remind you that if you want all the details first about when the doors open to my membership program, Making Good Happen, sign up at makinggoodpodcast.com slash waitlist. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.